It is Monday, September 12th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who sits patiently by the window waiting for the peanut butter box to come, J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour Overreaction Monday. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. What a game. It went the wrong way, though, for the Jaguars. Here's what's coming up. It's Pro Football Hall of Fame left tackle Tony Baselli, CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco joining us as well in a bit. The Commanders over the Jaguars 28-22. The Jags trailed early. They rallied for the lead and then lost the game late. Fanatics fan questions in the second hour. We'll go around the National Football League as well. Let's start. With Doug Peterson, immediately after the game yesterday in Washington, some missed opportunities in week one. I look at the plays that are out there on the field that, that we could have made, you know, just off the hands here, you know, um, uh, we, 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 a couple of illegal formations where we have big run, you know, all those, those are just little things, but they, they become big things, right? And so that, that part you take away and you learn, you learn from, and, and it's a group of guys that, that, um, you know, are, are, are young a little bit and still understanding, you know, some of these situations and, and, and not making these critical errors in these, these times. And, you know, uh, but it's, there is a lot of positive and, and uh, things that we can take away and learn from. That's head coach Doug Peterson, Tony Baselli in studio with me here in Jacksonville, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. Good afternoon, Tony. Hello. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Shadrick and uh, Mr. Prisco. Very, What's up? Uh, it's good to be here. And uh, yeah, yesterday was uh, interesting. How so? From the standpoint, like, as I sit here today, there's so many, like, there's good things you can take away from that. A lot of good things. And like, you look at it and I like, I enjoyed the game. It was like an NFL game. Like, you get down, you keep fighting, you find yourself back into it. And like most NFL games throughout the season, it comes down to the fourth quarter, who can make a play? here or there and that's ultimately what wins or loses it's been a long time since we've been that team that can like have a game that matters at the end like that didn't happen a lot last year correct and so that's the positive but the problem is in this organization in this city people are tired of hearing about moral victories and nice things and positives after a loss because you have to win football games and that's all that matters and and Doug's point is 100% right. They left so much on the field. And the opportunities in the first half offensively Ooh. like are mm. like some simple plays. Like plays you have to make. And a lot of it comes down to Trevor. And it goes right on his back. I'm not saying everything. Like I can go down the offensive line. We'll talk about the offensive line later. And everything else. That there are plays out there you're going to make. I mean, they're there. And then defensively. You have the lead. Six minutes left in the fourth quarter. You have him pinned down on the five-yard line. Get off the field. Get a stop. Give your team the back. Give them the ball back with good field position where they can ice it. That's what that's what good NFL teams do. And this team needs to learn how to win. It's a young team that needs to learn how to win. And guys have to play better. Pete, what, if you would have, if you guys would have told told me that Carson Wentz would have the ball at the five-yard line with a chance to go win it and not only would he go win it he would go get a touchdown I would have told you, you were nuts and, and he did it and he did it and 
I mean, they let that big, they let the tight end get free a couple times on that thing. And, and then they had a big shot down the field where Campbell, you got to give him credit. He made good, it was good coverage. You got to make the, you got to knock the ball away. But here's the other thing. Trevor missed, you're right, Tony, Trevor missed some throws. And we just showed one on, on, on the YouTube channel. What do we put this on? The YouTube, I think. <laughs> all, but all the social media we, channels, Twitter, Facebook, yeah. and YouTube. Thank you, everywhere. Pete, for the well, promo. But anyways, that shot to ETN has to be hit. It has to be hit. He's got no pressure. Stand there. Put a little air under it. It's the easiest touchdown you'll ever have. And it wasn't even close, Pete. No. He hmm. threw it to the back of the end zone. I don't understand what, why he was thinking to throw it that far that way. The, remember the big throw he hit to Kirk, which is a nice throw. If that throws inside, it's a touchdown. Yeah, Just he walks a little in. bit more inside, it's a touchdown. Well, and then there's a seam route to ETN if he hits him yes. on the run. Yes. Right? It's a, it's a touchdown. They end up getting like, no points, I think. Zero. Field goal. Zero. You know, the ETN drop. That's on him. That wasn't a great throw either. But that's not a good throw. Make it an easy no. throw. You have to make it easy for your backs. Um, the, the Zay Jones. And he had a couple of big plays. Like, I'll give you an example. And you watch the tape, so you'll see. He had Kirk on a big over route that was batted down at the line of scrimmage. That guy, he was wide open on that throw. I don't know if you remember that one. I do. But then on, uh, and then the he Zay, had Kirk on a little touchdown on the little, on the little out route. And that was batted down at the line, tipped at the line of scrimmage. Well, Pete, go to the Zay Jones in the end zone. It's a little out route. They have the nickel blitz. He knows it's coming. Just deliver. I mean, he's wide. He's wide open. Right. Deliver. That's the that's third down play, right? Yeah. yeah. Third yeah. down before the ETN before drop. The fourth down. Yeah. So yeah. yesterday in the red zone, Trevor Lawrence, three of ten passing, eleven yards, had a touchdown. Uh, last season, by the way, in the red zone, Trevor Lawrence was third worst among regular starters in completion percentage in the red zone in the NFL, 48%, 27 of 56 Well, last season. I mean, at one point, I think he was 6 for 16 yesterday at one point during the game. Um, now, he rallied and, and played better as the game went on from an accuracy standpoint, but still missed opportunities. And Doug, I mean, Doug talked about this in the preseason. Like we have to be better in the red zone. I mean, this was a, something that plagued them in the in the in the preseason. They were terrible in the red zone and missed opportunities. And again, a lot of it. I, I hate like he's the franchise so, quarterback. So I'm going to stop saying I hate it. You're a quarterback. You're the man. You got to make those plays. Now it's not all on him. Some of the protection was atrocious at times and big opportunities. It leaked, but there are plays. I mean, there was a there was a big third down in the fourth quarter where they're driving and they have a chance to extend it before they punt and pin. Actually, they ended, it was right before they pinned the uh, uh, commanders deep. And there's and he ends up taking a sack, but he is looking right at Evan Ingram, who is yeah. wide open. In the middle of the field. Where there's no wide pressure, open. and he doesn't throw it. It's a and first I think down. Evan Ingram even had his hand goes, up. You score points there, at least in field goal at that point. Right, Tony? Didn't Evan Ingram have his hand up? He I was think he even had his, yeah, I can't remember yeah. his hands up, but he's wide open. And I'll give you and I'll give you another one. Here's another big shot he missed. Do you remember the little he had immediate pressure from his right side and kind of sidestepped it because the I think the back helped him out. And he re, re back he in the pocket. Double clutch it. I think we've lost Pete. Yeah, we've lost Pete. This uh yeah. Yeah, so it's another one that and was a, He had and it's Oh, go ahead, Pete. You guys lost me. No, we got no, you. Do you remember this play where he sidestepped? Yes. You remember where he sidestepped a rusher, 
It was, and, it was a, it was a blitz, kinda, Pete. It was a blitz. And then he had two – yeah, he had two receivers deep down, one on a – like on a on – a, uh, post route and the other one on a on a deep out and he had one defensive back there the guy couldn't cover both of them yes and what he did is he he sidestepped the rush he reset himself in the pocket and he threw to the left to to a back or something stand i forget who was standing over there and it was like a bunch of guys even cam robinson even was over there do you remember that play yeah there's a couple that's, times that's the a... difference between him and a justin herbert right now justin herbert resets himself and takes the shot down the field and sees it where he doesn't panic and go to the left there was a couple plays, and you know, it's another thing that I think we got to clean up is the backs picking up linebackers. Even sometimes they picked them up, but they got pushed back and and made him have to move. And the protection was not great, so I'm not by no means is this all on Trevor. And it, there wasn't the he didn't re, to point Pete's point reset and go find the guy and have the you know kind of the composure to make sure and to deliver the throw. Because uh, there was another one that, you know, to Kirk over the middle where he double-clutched it and fired one that yep. hit him in the back of the hip. And luckily it wasn't intercepted because it bounced up in the air. Um, and so those are situations. I mean, you're not going to win football games. And I remember it was funny. I was thinking about this after the game. and the pregame show, I don't know if you remember this, JP, Mike Dempsey picked the Jaguars to win 23-20. And he, said, he says, but if Carson Wentz is the best quarterback on the field today, the Jaguars are going to lose. Mm. And there's like right when he said that, I'm like, there's no chance Carson Wentz is gonna be the better quarterback on the field today. But if you sit back and watch that, it's hard to argue who played better. I mean, Carson Wentz was more accurate. Big throws, big moments. Big mo- throws, big moments. Yep. Now you could argue that maybe he had better protection, which he did. Where there was less of pass rush from the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's a and it's a good unit for the Commanders. I mean, Montez Sweat is a good player. You know, you got Payne and, and Allen, two, like, studs in the middle. Um, so they're good, taking nothing away from them. But that was a winnable game. That If they just go make the easy plays, I'm convinced if Trevor makes those easy throws in the first half, they're winning at halftime, and I don't think they lose that game. Different feel. Yep. Much different feel, Pete, if that happens. So how do you – I mean, yeah, do you and, just keep playing? And here's, I mean, the, keep, here's the other thing, guys. I, I think he kind of has a tendency to – predetermine where he's going right now i think and stays on one too long and that has to stop he's got to get to two and three and four quicker i mean even he'll get to two and three but he gets he's got to get off one first there are opportunities on the other side of the field that he missed uh, uh, there was a one play i remember he had a a deep shot i think the, the the tight end ingram was going deep down the right side of the field and he stayed on the left side the whole time and there's just little things like that. But I want to say this, though, because I saw it on Twitter today. You Jaguar fans are out of your mind when you say he's a bust already. Are you that stupid? Come on, guys. You're better than that. I agree better, with you, Pete. I said the I same. I mean, the fans are – you guys are better fans. You're smarter fans than that. You, you don't don't lower yourself to that, that standard. You're better than that. A bust? Give me a break. That's absurd. I had the same conversation this morning on the radio because and, and, that was on Twitter. And people, I'm like, come on, take a deep breath. Like, I don't Who think- on the show this morning was saying it? One of those guys? Well, they were talking because they were responding oh, to Twitter oh, and I stuff see. like that. I was going to say. Yeah, no, no, they weren't. No, no Jeff know, or Dan did they not. They know better than no, that. No, they didn't say that. And they, I want to make sure I don't misrepresent them. But just yeah. like kind of the noise on Twitter and the frustration from the fans. And my point was this. Like, I don't think Trevor played well. I think, and he's got to play a lot better. I think he's been inconsistent. He was inconsistent the preseason. We talked about it. 
get slow starts. It was one of my. It was the key. It was the key of the game for me, of a fast start and him being consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, like, like he'll. I, I still have confidence that he's going to be the guy. Still have confidence that he's going to get better. I mean, this is the first year. Let's be clear. First year, he's with a real like in a real system with stability at the head coach. Like, give him some time. Like, and I know everyone's like, well, look at Herbert, what he did, and look at Joe Burrow. They're great players. Maybe he's not going to be as good as Herbert. I don't know. Maybe he'll be better. I'll go to I'll go to a guy up in Buffalo who's probably the best quarterback in the NFL right now, a guy named Josh Allen, who could not hit the broadside of a barn the first two years of his of his pro career. And by the way, was the game plan for him was just play man. No, or zone, one of the two. I think it was play man or zone. I can't remember which one. Because he can't execute. He can't find guys. And that and Belichick would, was killing him. Well, yeah. look at the guy now, Josh Allen. Maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. And so, like, to make a judgment after 18 games is ridiculous. He is talented. He's athletic. He cares. He's smart. He's tough. I mean, Pete. You and I talked about Josh Allen. Remember, he couldn't see he yeah. couldn't see anything the first couple yep. of years. Yep, and and I always sat there, and I was one of the few guys that said he's going to be really, really good. You're wrong. Just be patient. And I think it's the same way with Trevor Lawrence. You got to admit, though, first throw of the game, he throws that rifle shot into the middle field. You go, oh God, here he goes. This is the this is the moment. And then it kind of leveled off after that. But remember the shot in the middle of the field? What was yeah. it twenty? Kirk, I think uh, yeah. twenty yards, or whatever. That was a rifle. That's what you want to see. That's him. And I just think he got a little, his, his mechanics got a little off. His feet weren't set. And I just don't, the one, the ETN in the end, I just can't see why he missed that. There's no, re, he had nobody near him. Right. Nobody. So my question moving forward now, how do you improve that red zone touch? You if just you're the play, quarterback? Listen, you keep playing. You keep getting right. reps. You keep practicing. You keep listening to your co- coaching. I'm, I, I actually think. And I'm not just like, listen, I, I, and I know fans are like, oh, we're tired of this, and you're Mr. Sunshine Pumper or whatever. I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I believe he's going to be the guy. All I know is this same conversation after not just year one, after year two was being said about jo- uh, Josh Allen. It was not until year three where people were like, uh-oh, and really year four where he took off and was like, the guy and now what is this year five, Pete? Yeah, he's he's and he's. You're right. He's in the conversation to be best quarterback in the league. I got like you like if you said you had one pick right now and to, who would you pick? Josh Allen's in the conversation. Absolutely. And you know what? Absolutely. Two years ago, it's between, it would be between Allen for just for longevity reasons. Allen, Mahomes, and uh, Herbert. That's who your picks would be. Or Burrow, one of those four. Yeah. Hey, by the way. Um, you know me. I'll bury a bad quarterback in an instant. <laughs> so uh, there's no way, no way anybody should be even close to thinking Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be a good quarterback. He's got some issues. There are things that need to be worked out. But like Tony said, he worked with a clown as his coach last year. OK, it was a, it was a clown show all the way around. Give him, give him at least another five games. Okay, if five games from now, if he's making the same mistakes, then we'll start having the conversation. I actually disagree, I disagree with you, Pete. Like, for me, I'm waiting for this entire year. No. I, I think he is that talented. I think he cares that much. I think he's that competitive. 
And I just think he's going to be well coached. And I, I know he's being well coached right now. And so for me, it's painful. Sunday was painful. And there's a lot of areas that need to get cleaned up. And we can talk about the offensive line. They need to be better. And there's a lot. The defense needs to be better. But here's the deal. If you think for a second, if you're out there listening to us right now or you wrote on Twitter that that Trevor Lawrence is even – you even used the B of a bust. Like, even started <laughs> – like, even if it started to come but, out of your mouth, but. you are dead wrong. And you have to let this year play out and see – and let's make an evaluation at the end of the year. Because okay, I believe Trevor Tony, Lawrence – Tony, you're going to give him the end of the year, but what happens if he has two touchdown passes and seven picks by week five? Then what are you going to say? I'm going to say, let's go. What else am I going to say? Are you going to go see your Becker? I mean, let's go. I mean, let's, you're going to be, you're going to be real. You're going to, maybe you put the B up there. I mean, if that's the case, okay, maybe, I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Maybe if you're playing I, hangman, you can have one letter. You can yeah. start with the B at that point. Okay. I just don't think it's going to happen. But I don't either. I, I'm a, I believe in the kid. I think he's going to be a really good player. There's just a couple things that he needs to iron out. Mechanics being one of them. And the Get hard part is this, and I know we got to go yeah, to break. Come just on, stop. Let's go. Just shut up. I'm waving this, this piece of paper. My show what that means. is, here's the deal. The hard part is for all of us and everyone who's a fan, this organization's been so bad for so long, and they thought that they had that he was the savior. And as soon as they got that first overall pick, everything was going to be cured. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And you do not put that on this kid and after 18 games say he's used the B word. I'm not going to say it because I don't believe in it. Because I, I am confident and let this year thing play out and it might be a painful first half of the season, but let it play out. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jaguars, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're all lathered up already after one segment. Drive me crazy. Just wait till we talk about the defense when we come back. Mixed bag yesterday on the defensive side for the Jaguars. We're off and running. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I missed missed two right there in the red zone. I got a hit. Um, I won to Travis. <clears throat> Just overshot it a little bit. He did a really good job. He won on his route and got to make that one. Yeah, got to give him a chance. And, and Zay's, um, they brought a cover zero pressure there. So had to get the ball out quick and then just put it a little too far, give him a little bit more air so he can adjust to the ball. I mean, those are things we've done a million times in practice and you just got to make the play. So. It's on, it's on me, uh, it's on all of us, and got to go execute and finish. And that's the thing we talk about. You know, we gave them 11 points by missing the, the first drive, missing the throw to Travis, had to kick a field goal, and then missed that one to Zay, and then fourth down, dropped the slip, you know, out of the backfield. Like, just stuff like that. We spotted them 11 points in the first half and still found a way to fight back and have a chance to win. So, um, you know, when we can clean up all that, we're, we're going to be fine. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm frustrated, obviously, because I know we're, we're good enough to win that game, and we should win that game. And, um, it's frustrating, but we're going to get better. That's the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, after the loss in Washington yesterday. And welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Defensive talk coming up shortly, but we're riding the quarterback wave right now, Tony. What do you got? So, Pete, question for you. 
if Trevor's numbers at the end of this year, fifty-eight, if his completion percentage is 58.8%, and he throws for just over 3,000 yards with 20 touchdowns and nine picks, would you say he's a bust? No, but that was Josh Allen's second year. I know. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, this is Josh Allen, the best quarterback right now, arguably, in all of football. Second year. 3,089 yards, 58% completion percentage, 20 and 9. Now, in 2020, you know what he comes back and does his year three? He throws for 60 at 69% completion percentage, mm. 4,500 yards, 37 and 10. Let this thing play out, people. Wait, what year was that? That was he his did that? third. That was so. What's and then then he did what? Then, then his, it was what? Well, then his fourth was uh, his last season. So right, last season, big again. It was very similar. Where he was dominant right. again, and he was forty four hundred yards, less completion percentage at sixty three, thirty six and fifteen. So a little bit worse numbers, but still I like mean, come on, you take him all day long. I agree. I, I think I got to give him time. You got to give. Way, you got to give this kid rushed, time. Last year he rushed for seven hundred sixty-seven. Oh, that seven hundred sixty-three yards. Oh, yeah. By the way, one thing um, that Trevor certainly learned as a rookie since they made him the sacrificial lamb every week is to go to the podium and speak and talk. You know, honestly. I mean, that's one thing as a rookie. Remember every week, here you go, Trevor, go explain everything away, everybody. He learned how to be a pro last year at that from that standpoint because he's honest. He, he's the first guy to come out there and say, I missed those throws. I got to hit those. Yeah, but my point is, we'll go to defense now. Like, having a conversation that Trevor Lawrence is not going to be great at this point after 18 games is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I know everyone's like, look at what Justin Herbert did. Great. I mean, I don't want to have to remind you, but Justin Herbert had Hunter Henry, had Keenan Allen, had Mike Williams, um, like had a very good defense, veteran ball club. He was plugged in to a veteran ball club. This is anything but that. Receivers are vets. Well, now, this year, Mm -hmm. what was he plugged into last year? Dumpster fire. Yeah, not that. Yeah, right. Not good. Mm -mm. Awful culture situation. It doesn't change overnight, people. Let, like, let this thing play out. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's okay how he played. No one is. He's not. But did they jump to like panic mode? Holy cow! Overreaction Monday. I just hope like when he just laces and just rips the Colts this weekend and just rips them apart that everyone goes, "Oh, it's Peyton Manning. He's the greatest thing ever." Like you just like let's just jump back and forth all year with a young quarterback because that makes sense. That works well. By the way, if you sat around and watched all the games yesterday, you you saw some quarterback play that would make you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was Joe a Burrow, bad Joe, quarterback play. <laughs> Joe Burrow, who's my guy. I love Joe Burrow. Yeah, like love four him. picks. Didn't four he? picks and a fumble. Oof. And they nearly won yeah. the game. <laughs> it was so. terrible for much of that game. But, <laughs> I mean, the Mac the Jones wasn't good. Oh. Trey Lance was atrocious. Justin Fields had a couple throws but did nothing. Now, the weather was terrible at that game. But the, a lot of these quarterbacks, they were just weren't good. Hmm. For nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. Let's take a timeout. That was a quick segment. It was. Yeah, it really back. was. We're going to get back on track and talk defense now. Okay.
I said I had to make it known that I am not okay. I think it's clearly stated. We're all aware. Yes. We're back in a moment. Do better, JP. Do better. Who? You? You. Me? Pete. Pete, do better. Yeah. Uh, it's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hey, Jags fans. Brian Sexton for DreamFinders Homes. In a complex housing market, do decisions on the biggest purchase of your life stress you out? At DreamFinders Homes, they can build the home of your dreams in one of their many communities in Northeast Florida. With a mortgage company in-house, they're here to assist you throughout the entire process. Choose from their wide range of single-family homes or townhomes from the 300,000s. DreamFinders Homes specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. Call 904-590-2545 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. Frank Frangie here. When you want barbecue in Jacksonville, you want Bono's Pit Barbecue. You can find Bono's locations all around town and on game day at TIAA Bank Field because Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bono's is currently expanding its brand with franchise opportunities throughout the Southeast and beyond. Over 70 years of authentic Southern Pit Barbecue and owning your own business are a great combo. Go to Bono'sBarBQ.com to learn more or call 904-880-8310 today. And remember, if you don't see a pit, it ain't legit. It's time for sunshine and summer showers, so it's more important than ever to make sure you call Crystal Clean for all your waterproofing needs. Waterproofing can extend the life of your building by keeping water outside where it belongs. And that Florida sun can feed up your business's paint job. Crystal Clean's painting services can bring your building back to life. From waterproofing to painting, schedule Crystal Clean today. Call 904-220-3337 or go to crystalclean.com. You don't have to worry when it's Crystal Clean. Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has been a leader in direct mail for over a decade. Using the latest technology, Kessler can now reach your ideal audience even more effectively. Choose from between a couple of response channels, from direct mail to landing pages designed to engage and initiate responses with potential customers. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. The world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and Jaguars players you love. Shop the most trusted brands, exclusive designs by Fanatics, and autograph collectibles from today's biggest stars. Join Fanatics Rewards today and earn fan cash on every purchase. Shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. At most sandwich places, asking for more of something is just part of the drill. But what if you never had to ask for more? What if more was just a given? At Daly's, more is what our sandwiches are built on. More meat, more cheese, more veggies, more quality, more taste. All for a price that's anything but more. Sandwiches from Dash, made fresh. Daly's. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I had to say the interception because I called my dad, told him that I had a decent week of practice, caught a pick in practice uh, and scored, so I told him I was going to get one in the game, so it was just special for me to actually get a pick in the game and do like I told my dad I was going to do. There you have it. Trayvon Walker called his shot. 
He got the interception. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Four tackles, sack, interception in his NFL regular season debut. The second Jags player all-time with a sack and interception in his first career game. Kevin Hardy did it back in 1996. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. Jaguars defense yesterday gave up two early touchdowns. They were trailing 14-3 after that point. And then the next seven possessions, that included the kneel down at the end of the half, the next seven possessions, no points allowed, three takeaways, and they really completely flipped the game in the middle part, second and third quarter, and gave the offense opportunities, short fields to get it done and get that lead back. But then the two drives at the end are the killers, Tony. So in the middle, they played great. Um, and they – you could argue they gave, they played good enough and gave enough short fields if the offense could execute it in the red zone and finish those drives that it probably never gets – it doesn't matter in the fourth. Um, it did matter, and they didn't perform in the fourth. They gave, I mean, that long drive when they had first and 15 at the five-yard line Ugh. and they went 95 to go score a touchdown, that's just – you just can't let that happen. Brutal. And, and they'd all say the same thing. Um, the first drive was bad. But a lot of first drives opening day, heck, first drive in games a lot of times, just kind of, you know, you kind of feel you're feeling your way out. And then things settle down. The second drive, they actually had a chance to get off the field twice. Once, good defense, force a short throw, just come tackle, and it's fourth and five. You're probably getting, a, you're probably, they're probably punting. They don't miss two tackles, first down. And then you have another chance to get them off the field, force a field goal, and roughing the passer by Dwan Smoot. And so you extended that drive, gave him really that touchdown. At most, it should have been a three point, a three pointer. Um, and like you said, they played great, but then you got to finish. I mean, this is this team has to learn to win. And I think the biggest thing, you know, watching them, like it was like either really good or just not very good at all. <laughs> it was really yeah, bad. Right. And when they were good, boy, they were good. Now the one thing I think that was lacking at times for most of the game or a lot of the game was consistent pressure with just four guys. Um, and I don't know. I don't think that's a great offensive line. It's a good offensive line, very well coached. Um, they had a good plan. But there wasn't a lot of winning one-on-one. Um, it was here and there. Fadakasi won a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, but but even when they won, they didn't finish. <laughs> no, no. Like he didn't get him on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Right. And so there wasn't that. Um, there, it, yeah. It just you didn't feel like you put Carson in a position enough where he was like scatterbrained and fighting for his life, and like you didn't hit him early, yeah. especially. A lot of times, if you hit a quarterback early, yeah. you get him off. Particularly rhythm. him. Yeah, remember yeah. what happened here last year in the last week of the That's season? Right. They they right. hit him like a pinata. All now day. the flip right. side of that, they got three turnovers, three takeaways. That's good. It's good enough to win. And but the offense didn't finish, so it's really complimentary ball. They didn't play, you know. And so yeah. now, you know, we heard from Trayvon, and boy, he's gonna. I think he has a chance to be really, really special. Great plays, the sack, yeah, uh, I mean, around the right tackle, yeah. and then the interception. Now there was that was the only rush though the day for him. I really. agree, he didn't consistently win, Pete. And Leno really did a good job against them. He had a tr- tough time getting off of Leno Jr. the left tackle. The sack he got was on the right tackle, who's not a great, very good player, in my opinion. Um, with that said, he does things on the field that are so natural, and you can't coach. 
Like that interception was ridiculous. The way he plays the run, his strength. He just needs to learn how to pass rush. And what I mean by that, he just uses his athletic ability right now. He needs to learn counters, and he need he does not have a good inside move. Yeah, like uh, he's big enough to be a guy that can just bull rush through guys at some point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he'll get better. He doesn't have a one arm press to your like. If you watch, go watch. Uh, like Montez Sweat, I don't think had any sacks yesterday. But he was one of the most disruptive players on the entire field in what he did. Hitting the quarterback, disrupting the quarterback, flushing the quarterback, you know, messing up the plays. And he is a he's a long player like um Trayvon, but and he's really developed some really nice pass rushing skills with the one arm press, some good counters to the inside. Um he's a good player. And I think Trayvon can even be better because his skill set is off the charts. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think he's gonna—he's always going to be a really, really, really good football player. I just don't know if he's ever going to be the dynamic pass rusher. You know, people compare him to Khalil Mack. I don't see that kind of explosiveness. Do you? Uh, different player. I don't think he has, like, the bend or, like, the get-off maybe that Khalil Mack has. Um but I'll say this, he has no pass. Like, if he learns a pass rush, like, couple moves, if he learns a good ball, a counter inside, you know, using his hands, I mean, he's going to be a handful now. I think he can be dominant. All right, so you're, he's he played okay. He was okay. He made some splash plays. What do you think of Josh Allen? Uh, again, I mean, I think he was solid. He had a tackle for loss. Yeah, he made a couple plays. He was actually he was actually did some good things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But again, he didn't like dominate, and I think he should have do- gotten after those tackles a little bit more. Now, why it was interesting watching. I actually think that Trayvon rushes better from the left end. And now this is a small sample size. I mean, just this one game. One game against and, the right tackle. And yeah. and I think Josh rushes better from the right end. Like he had some right. good rushes against Leno. Like he put more stress on Leno than Trayvon did. Well, but which is up, why they did that at one point in the in the preseason too. Yeah, but if they you watch on, the majority of the rushes, they were on the other side. I know, I know. It's, it's they, maybe they ought to flop them over. I, I thought everybody had a couple splash plays. Hamilton had a couple splash plays. Fadakasi had a couple splash plays. The two linebackers made a lot of tackles. A lot of those tackles were down the field. I, yeah. I didn't think the two linebackers played that great for the numbers that you like give me give me their numbers for yeah. tackles I, lloyd, I just watched the tape i Devin didn't see lloyd it. 11 combined tackles eight solos aluakin had 10 total tackles including six solos well on our rundown this morning jp put Devin lloyd in the hall of fame I so we gotta, 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 gotta walk him off of that ledge tackles. a little bit that's all i said team high 11 tackles <laughs> no it's not Get you want to read here. exactly what you said no yeah read what he said <laughs> no i don't <laughs> Yeah. Either way. And he, look, he made, he he was a, I thought he was a tick slow reacting on almost everything, but you can see when he does see it, he goes and it's not going to be a problem. He missed a couple times. He goes too hard. He doesn't break down and guys, he missed a couple tackles because he does go so hard, but you can see the ability is there. Uh, And and like on the two point play, he he came right up, you know, they blitzed him in there and he made the play. He's going to be a good player, but he just seemed a little slow to react on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, what well, I mean hasn't been out there too. Either, well, yeah. In fairness, way. I mean, he's not played a lot, and he needs reps, and he'll get better. He's definitely, you know, talking to the 
commander's coaching staff beforehand, they were aware of Devin Lloyd. It was brought up without asking about him and my thoughts on him. Um, Watching the tape, watching the game live and then watching the tape, neither guy jumped out at me as being impactful. The linebackers. Neither linebackers. Okay. I agree. Don't they? It's weird because when you look at them, a the two numbers they look long and linear and not thumpers, which is the where the game's going. But they don't. Neither one of them looks like a thumper. Uh, let's get to the secondary. I was and, getting confused with their numbers too. Yeah, right. Um, the secondary on the last two drives, the long touchdown, the forty-nine yarder uh, over Shaq Griffin at corner, and then the game-winning touchdown was over Tyson Campbell on the left side. Well, the Shaq Griffin one, it looks like he, I mean, it's almost like. He looks safety help. Yeah, he thought he had over-the-top help, help, and he's looking in the backfield, and he's, like, kind of playing underneath. And next thing he knows, he's like, uh-oh, there's nobody there. He ain't going to run him down I either. Couldn't tell, I couldn't tell if they were in, it looked like they were in cover two, but then the right side, the right safety kind of took a little couple steps like he was going to be a robber, but then they didn't play it that way. So I don't know what they were in. I thought it was cover six, so uh, quarter, quarter, half. You think so? You think it was quarter? Because I didn't. It, it didn't look like it was quarters on the left side either. You, so on that side, you think it was two over there. I'm not an expert at coverage, so that's why I said I'm no. guessing. Um, but whatever it was, it was the wrong coverage because yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> right. Well, if, if it's cover either two, Shaq needs to run to faster and cover the guy, and because he's looking in the backfield like he's playing zone. He was, right. His technique was not man. It looked like he was playing zone. But then Cisco was late getting over the top. So one, somebody right. had to be there. I don't know whose fault it was, but it was not done well. If they're playing cover two, that Cisco has to get over the top. That's so right. it's not Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin was responsible for the first touchdown when he got torched in a man-to-man situation. I mean, my God, that was awful. Oh, you're talking about the play-action pass down in the end, uh, tight red? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just he, – he, 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 I don't know what he was doing. He was like he froze for a second. Yeah, this is – that's got to be – He's got to get over the top on that. What did they, what did they say today? Did, did Doug say anything about that play? Yeah, I think he, did he uh, say. I think he said cover two. Yeah, that's if what it looks if like. It's covered, if it's cover two, then Cisco then, has to get over the top. Cisco has to get over the top. Now you could also argue there's no underneath coverage holding. So Shaq why not Griffin. carry it, right? Yeah. So like, you know, what are you looking at underneath? So I mean, I just, was, I just, but you got to admit though, the one in the end zone was awful. When Dotson's first touchdown, when he when he kind of went went right, it was like right he ran right at him and then could go either way. It was like an option way, and he went inside and he stood there. It was bad. Campbell's Campbell's play was not bad. He just got to turn around and play the ball. He was a, that was good coverage. We we heard that a lot last year as well. Well, I mean, listen, Tyson. he is the book coming out of on Tyson Campbell out of college was if there was any negative, it was his ball skills when the ball's in the air. I think he's gotten better. Then what you know throughout last year he got better and he's you know been good so far. Um, he's not the first corner that's played man to man and been in perfect coverage and can't you know gets beat like that. It was a perfect throw and a great catch. Played so let's pretty give good ball skills guy. on the interception, huh? Yeah, good ball skills on the interception. That's my, my that's my point. Now I still think he's better when he's facing the quarterback, Pete. I think when his back is to the quarterback, is he coverage and then he has to turn to locate the ball. Which is yeah. really hard, by the way. Yeah. I still think he needs to get better at that. But, by the way, Darius Williams gave up about five or six completions Sunday. I thought he had a tough day. Yeah, he had a rough, he had a rough day. 
He was of the three of them. He was probably the worst of them. Let's come back in a moment and we'll look around the AFC South. An event. We haven't talked about the offensive line at all. Well, we're going to keep it real later with that. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi, Pete. Yeah, pay attention, Pete. If you'd have read the rest of the rundown that you referenced this morning, then maybe you would know that. That's poor. Poor by you, Pete. Poor Pete. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. The station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Vaselli. And if you're watching on Jaguars.com or the Jaguars social media channels, yes, Pete, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, it's a live look at the Miller Electric Center under construction outside TIAA Bank Field. It will be ready for training camp 2023. 2,100 seats or so for fans for training camp and other activities outdoors. 125,000 square feet of football factory facility. And it looks great. Fired up for this one. Uh, Pete, this is going to be a beautiful place once it's all said and done. It's going to be just like Miami's, right? Yeah, I believe they took a lot of the major design things uh, after that one just to save some time, I think, more than anything, you know. Where's the uh, indoor part of it going to be over there on the on the far side right over there? By, is that yeah, what that right, is? Yeah, right by the um, the Matthews Expressway over there. That's yeah. They're actually putting the frame up for that starting this week. So that's yeah, cool. It's going to be nice. Yeah, no doubt. Um, hey, let's look around the AFC South, shall we, and get the other results from in the division. We'll go around the rest of the league a little bit later, but oh, we got a tie. Week one, the Colts and the Texans tied 20-20. Texans led the game 20-3, entering the fourth quarter. The Colts scored a game-tying touchdown with 154 left in the game, and nobody could get anything done in the extra period. Well, then the, the extra points. Yeah. They, I mean, they could make field goals. Unbelievable. Um, Giants over the Titans 21-20. The Giants scored 21 second-half points. After trailing 13 nothing at halftime, but it came down to a field goal at the end. Bob Papa had the call on the WFAN Giants radio network. Snap is clean. Kick on its way. End over end. And it is no good. He missed it left. And the Giants have won. For the first time in 2016, the Giants have won a season opener. And Brian Dable, in his coaching debut with the New York Football Giants, has come to Nashville and beaten the Titans 21-20. So with that, the tie for first place in the division is between teams with no wins, no losses, and one tie. They are tied for first, and the Titans and the Jaguars are 0-1. Think about it. If the Jaguars had held held that uh, late drive, they'd be in first place by themselves. How about that, right? Yeah. I mean, look, the Texans blew that game. Just blew it. They dominated that game. 
and then they fumbled late. They gave him a touchdown. I mean, and then in overtime, they had a third and one with about a minute left, about the 46, 45-yard line. They ran it. He got stuffed, not with the kid from Florida, Pierce, but with Burkhead. He got stuffed. Then they had a fourth and three, and he punted, taking that he played for the tie. And what's worse, if you want to question that decision, what's worse Frank Wright called timeout with two seconds left, backed up on his own 10-yard line to run a play. What the hell is he doing? What play did he run? <laughs> he threw it. He stood up. He had Ryan stand up and throw a quick screen to a wide receiver who got tackled every about seven yards. What do you did? The only thing that could go happen there is something bad. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So how long was the field goal that the Colts missed in overtime? It was 50-ish, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was around that. It was fairly long. I mean, but the kid was terrible all day, Blankenship. He, he yanked two kickoffs out of, out of bounds, two of them. I mean, that should never happen. He just won the job, didn't he? Your Blankenship was, yeah, he's supposedly been a good kicker for him. So that was a bad loss for them. And, and, and Texans were the better team. Uh, the Colts didn't do much offensively. How about the Colts? You'll love this. You'll appreciate this. Fourth and goal from the... Two, I think it was. They decide we're not going to hand it to Jonathan Taylor. We're not going to get Matt Ryan on a boot. We're going to run <laughs> Naeem Hines out of the Wildcats. You love you love the Wildcat, Pete. <laughs> oh my God! It's hey, almost did... as bad as what the it's almost as bad as what the Titans did on third and one. You have a third and one late in the game. You're holding a slim lead, right? You're the Tennessee Titans. What are you doing? Giving it to Derrick Henry. Yes, 22. What do you think the Titans did? They ran an inside handoff to one of their tight ends, and he got stopped for four-yard loss. Pete, how did – I mean, we're playing the Colts next week. How did – I mean, how did Indy look overall? Uh, You know, start with the offense. Uh, By the way, that Colts uh, overtime field goal they missed was 42 yards for the record. I I thought it was shorter, but I didn't want to call you guys out on it. How did they look? Not good. Uh, offensively, what was like? What was the problem? Well, Pierce dropped a touchdown early in the game that kind of set the tone for you know, and he's going to be good, but he dropped a touchdown pass. You know, those young rookie receivers always drop balls. Uh, they they don't scare you down the field, Tony. They just don't. And so you can play them a different. You can play them without being threatened down the field. Pittman had a couple catches, but they don't scare down the field. And Ryan played okay, not great. The offensive line has some issues. I'll be honest with you. I think the left tackle is a problem. And the right tackle didn't play that well on Sunday. So that could be a, a game where they can get after the quarterback a little bit. Who was uh, the le- who's the left tackle for him? I haven't looked at him yet. Well, it was um, – you remember it was – they thought it was going to be Bernard Ronman, the rookie, and then they ended up playing the um, – God, I'm having a brain fart. But he, he was bad. Okay. He was bad. And then and how about the uh, Colts defense? The right tackle, Smith, who didn't play very well either. And he's usually a pretty good player. Braden Smith, yeah, the right Braden tackle Smith's for them. Player, yep. Kelly played well. Um, in the Colts defense, they didn't have Leonard, you know, he's had that, that lingering back injury for the whole camp and he didn't play. And when he's not in there, they're a different defense. All right. Uh, after week one, give us your AFC South power rankings, Tony. Uh, I'm going to go, um, Jags one. Oh my God. <laughs> really? Uh, Texans. Two, Colts three, Titans four. 
Okay. Pete? Wait a second. Jags won. Texans two. You know, today, while we're young. Are you sleeping? Well, my, <laughs> no, my, my thing, I think I'm locked up. But <laughs> You think so? We're watching on Jaguars.com. I'm locked up. Like can you hear me? Okay. You have you have the you have the Jaguars won. What are you doing? And the Jaguars won. You're a homer, man. You know everybody's right about sunshine and rays and all that stuff from you. You can't put them number one. They didn't win. You got to give the tie one number one, don't no, you? No, you don't. It's week one. You can do whatever you want. Okay, I'll stick with what I said before the season. Colts one, Titans two. Jacksonville three, Texans four. How are you putting the Texans behind the Jags if they had a tie and the, they didn't win either? You know, come yeah. on, nobody won. Well, who'd you put? Who'd you put at number one before the season? Did you put Jacksonville to win the division before the season? No, I put the Colts. But now you think now you think they're going to win the division, right? No, I just said this week. One week, one week he flipped. He flipped. Overreaction Monday. Overreaction Monday. I'm just I'm I'm responding. I'm responding to all the people who have reacted the other way. I mean, no, if I was doing it serious, I would go I'd still I'd do the same as I had before. Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. Sunshine. I just said I was joking. <laughs> I, if I did that, I'd I'd go Colts Texans. I mean Colts, Titans, Jags. Texans. I did pick them to win eleven games this year. I did not. Jackson. No, I didn't. What, uh, we never did get to make our picks, did we? No, we, they canceled the show we on Labor Day. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, because you didn't want to work. It's not true. JP called me. I didn't. I, didn't, I had nothing to do with it. I was fully okay. So, ready so what was uh, what was your prediction? What would it have been? I, I, I seven or eight. And I would have said six or seven. Yeah, we're not that far off. No. Hey, well done, guys. You know what? And I think they're going to get their first one. This weekend. Oh, I like that. We'll come back. Second hour of the program. We're going to keep it real with offensive line play coming up. Your social media questions as well. And the Fanatics fan questions will go around the league. One hour down, one hour to go. It is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. times where you know you run run set up the play action pass and you know even even to start the game I think we had six first downs if you count even the first and 15 where we backed up I mean we had like six six first downs I think on the first opening drive and those were some runs and play action passes and and so I I, I feel like if we have a good blend and mix of that it really you know at the end probably evens itself out and then you know two when you're down 14-3, as a as a play caller, sometimes your your mindset is the only way we can get back into this game is to throw it. Well, that's not the case, and we actually came out and started running the ball a little bit. Then we had the the shot to Christian um, there in the third quarter, and eventually, you know, in the end zone. So it's you know uh, it's a little bit of a balance. That's head coach Doug Peterson, and welcome back. It is the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour on Overreaction Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Rosselli, Pete Prisco. The Jaguars fell to the Washington Commanders in week one, 28-22. They missed some early red zone opportunities and trailed 14-3 early in the game. The defense tightened up, though, and shut down the Commanders from then until early in the fourth quarter. 
The Jags offense found their sea legs and clawed back into the game and took the lead. And then the Commanders scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns, including the go-ahead score with 146 remaining. Missed opportunities in the red zone early. Penalties all day, 13 of them for 90 yards. And they didn't finish the game. So they're 0-1. That's that's basically the story of the day, Tony. Sea legs. They got their sea legs. Yeah, a little bit. So they were a little seasick. A little wobbly early. Seasick early. A little wobbly early and then, uh, then figured it out. Okay. Um, for a minute. Yeah. Not enough, though. No, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting because this was a big comment this morning, too, is they, you know, not balanced, throwing too much. 40, yeah, that, 40, was, that was the comment that was the there comment from to, Doug yeah, Peterson. Doug was talking 42 yeah. passes, I think, attempts and 50, mm-hmm. uh, 18 runs. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, something like that. First of all, 60 points isn't enough. That's the first thing. Secondly, when you're, you know, in a two-minute drive situation, which is the, they had a – I'm not mistaken, at the end of the half, they had a two-minute drive situation and at the uh, end of the game. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be heavy passing. Yes. Um, and I thought, you know, with the strength of the commander's defense, kind of that interior with those two big defensive tackles, that they would try to loosen them up, get outside, play action pass, and throw it around a little bit um, to take advantage of it. And then finally, you got a guy coming off an Achilles, you're not going to run him 25 times. And Travis Etienne, I don't think, is ready to be that type of back that's going to run it, you know, 15, 25 times. So, I was fine with the play calling. I never felt during the game, like, oh, my gosh. Like, last year, remember opening the game when they threw, like, 52? <laughs> You're like, what are we doing? What is going on here? I never felt like that um, during the game. No, I didn't either. I, I thought the, I thought it was – uh, pretty balanced, and the both backs were used. By the way, James Robinson, let's give him credit, man. My God. I mean, this is a guy who what, was at December when he tore his Achilles. Week 16, yeah. Pete. Yeah. Week 16. I mean, think about where the medicine has come these days. My, back in the day, how, Tony, he would have been out to midseason at least, right? He it, might it, never or, have come back. It's absolutely – he deserves all the credit. And, he, and by the way, he looked good. He, yeah. He did. 11 carries, 66 yards, touchdown on the ground, another through the air. Yeah, good day. So it was a good day. I mean, and I and I think they're just going to get better the more comfortable he gets with the, the load um, and that Doug feels comfortable giving him the carries. Because um, be, they're a better team, I think, if he's rushing it, you know, 20 times a game. What did ETN end up rushing? Because uh, he, he, he ran a couple. He had the long run. Yeah, he had a 27-yarder, so he had four total carries for 47 yards in the game. And then he also had two catches for 18 yards. But you know the only thing he's thinking about is the drop. That would have been a touchdown. The drop and the one. I mean, it was a drop, to. but that ball could have been put in a better spot, too. Pete, it's a drop. I, I'm not saying it couldn't be thrown better, but you're you're in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's got to catch that. I mean – I, I bet you Mike Perkins, the film guy, could have caught that ball. No, nah, no chance Perkins catches that. No, Zero. You don't think so? He was, a, he was no, good in high no. school, Pete. He was a good football player in the, high school. Runs in the family. He's got hands. Yeah, I don't – Perkins would have – first off, he wouldn't have got off the line of scrimmage. The guy would have mugged him <laughs> like you do. I, I, he's a pretty good athlete. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, a little, he's a little heavy now. He's a little fat. But back in the day, I think he could have done it. Unbelievable. By the way, no, knowing Perkins, he's probably standing right there. He, he was the second <laughs> yeah, ago. He, he just was, walked yeah. out. You disgusted him, so he walked out of the room. I love Perkins. He couldn't handle it. Worse, he's got a worse sense of humor of any human being in America. I mean, vile. He's vile. 
<laughs> and that's a compliment from me. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, so it's 0-1. The Colts are coming in. They haven't won here since 2014. How are you feeling this week, Tony? I, I, I like it. I like where we sit. You do? I think um, – I think this team. I think this team's gonna respond, and this is why. They were down fourteen three, and they went into halftime. And I'm like, okay, we're gonna find out something about this team, this young team. And one of the things we're gonna find out: have they bought in to what Doug's selling? And you know, what is the makeup? Because when you're a young team, you just don't know what the response is gonna be when you get down like that, and everything's going against you, and you're not playing well. And a lot of times those games can get away from you, especially when the team's getting the ball back. I mean, they they got the ball first. They go down and score to make it 21-3, and uh-oh, here we go. And I thought – I was impressed how they came out. And they came out like a veteran group saying, all right, that was a bad first half. We're going to go play ball now. And let's just make one play here, one play there, and, and let's fight our way back into it and then make get it into the fourth quarter and see what happens. Now, they couldn't finish – but I thought that was a, that was a good sign. That's a positive, and I think they're going to respond this week. And I think they're going to come out and have a good week, um, because I think I like the makeup, I like the character of this team, and I think it's important to them. And I think they really believe in Doug, and and I, I think you're going to get a great effort on an opening day. I agree. Home I think they're going to play well. It's a tough spot for the Colts. Back-to-back road games against a team playing its home opener. That's always tough to handle. And, you know, I, Matt Pryor was the guy I couldn't think of, the left tackle. And I went back and looked at some of the stuff. The right side really had problems for them. And the left side, Matt Pryor had some issues. And, in fact, they played the rookie some, some plays at left tackle. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for them because their offensive line, which has been the strong suit of that team, not as good as it's been. Not nearly as good as it's been. Would either one of you gentlemen care to lock a win? No, I'm not locking the win. Tony's going to lock it. No, I'm not locking. You're not locking. Come on. You just went on record and said, I believe and I believe. I believe that came back and showed character. Lock it. That's a heck of a monologue for no lock. Right. You've You've had less monologue and more lock. So let's get, come on, do it. Do it. Um, no. Not yet. Maybe in the next. 50, What's it going to take? Maybe in the next fifty minutes. If oh you got oh so you're going to hold up the lock. Uh, I'm just not sure. Oh, I'm ready. he's got time to make I, the lock. I got to think about okay. it. I mean, that's a big. I haven't locked anything this year. I'm just. I know. Well, this is the first week. You know, we didn't have a show last week. You couldn't lock Wait, anything for I this mean, how week can you one. Not lock it. Earlier in the show, you said Trevor Lawrence will be Josh Allen. Um, you just talked yeah. about their character and how they came back and how sh- they showed toughness and their. I mean, how you, they believe in Doug Peterson? How could you not lock it? You got to lock it. It was a perfect setup. But all right, I mean, if you want to tease the audience and us, I'm not teasing hey, anybody. Got, I'm it's like, a perfect. Pete, why don't you lock? You never you know, lock anything. It's textbook. In fact. Yeah, I do. I lock when I actually believe it, 100. So, percent I don't what do you believe think it. What's going to happen this week then? What'd you say? What, what, did I did I mumble? Did I said what? Did, yeah, what, no, I didn't. Other times I have, but that time I was very clear. What are you, do you are think? You, gonna you're happen? not going to lock it this week. You'll lock it. You'll eventually lock it. We'll, we'll talk question. him into locking answer it. The question. What lock do you think is going to happen this week, Mister? I think the Jaguars will win the game. Okay, then lock it. 
I I don't want to lie. I might, I might by the end of the show. You might. I might. <laughs> what, what are we doing? We could have a double lock. We could. We might have a double. We might have a double lock today. No, nah, I don't think we've ever had a double lock. Uh, you know, no. five minutes ago, neither one of you guys would have locked it, and then we finally kind of talked Tony into leading that way, and then we somehow. Pete Briscoe no, took the scenic anyway, route. He's big, coming back. I'm a big believer in scenarios like back-to-back road games, home team opener. I, I, I like like the Bucks are playing back-to-back road games this week against the Saints team, making its uh, playing its home opener. Those are bad combinations for the road team. It's just tough to do. All I know is if you have a horseshoe on your helmet, you don't come to TIAA Bank Field and get things done because. They haven't done how many, in a long How many years has it been in a row now? Uh, the last time they won here was 2014. That's incredible. How about that, right? One well, of those that, games was in London. Adding more to the way. lock. One of those games was in London, but the rest were right here. How about that? that think wonderful. about it. We'll come back. Let's think about we'll it. Let me think about it. We'll see if we get a double lock. Uh, it's a possibility, so stay tuned for that. Uh, coming up, we've got to keep it real, though. Let's keep it real. And we're going to dig into this offensive line. And Pete's rubbing his hands together. He's all fired up for this. He can't wait. I'm, I'm debating my lock is what I'm doing. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. When we return, Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. No concerns with the offensive line, and he, he settled down. I mean, you got to understand, that's, that's, two, that's two grown men in there uh, that he took a lot of one-on-one blocks with. And, you know, uh, early they got him, but uh, as he settled into the game, got a little more help from, from the center at times. And, um, you know, uh, just... Kind of went, kind of went back and forth, but no concerns with uh, with Ben or the, or the offense line. That's head coach Doug Peterson this afternoon. Welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour. Well hydrated. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Well, the, the questions about the offensive line, and that was specifically about Ben Barch, brings us into keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. So, let's keep it real. Tony, Hall of Fame left tackle, pride of the Jaguars. How did the offensive line play? I, 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 I think I might disagree with Duck. Really? From the standpoint, no concerns. Um, now, his point about Ben Barch blocking two grown men, I agree with that. And I thought Ben Barch competed. And uh, he had some tough plays, but, I mean, those were really good, like top end. Players and Ben Barch is a young player, just getting hit. You know, using your terminology, his sea legs under him. Yes, but if like if I'm looking at the totality of the offensive line, I do have some concerns. Like, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I expect too much from Cam Robinson. But I expect Cam Robinson to be the guy and to be a dominant player because I think he's that. That's the type of player he wants to be. I think he has that kind of talent level. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. And I, you know, there's a couple times where, you know, and you're, everyone's going to get beat. So that's not about getting beat here or there. That's not my point. But in big moments, I mean, 
You need. I mean, you gotta you gotta protect. Quarterback yeah. was what sacked twice and hit ten times. It's too much. Like that's that's. I mean, PFF said there were twenty pressures. I, I thought I did not think it was good enough on forty-five dropbacks. I did not think it was good enough. Now, is that a good unit? Yes. So, you know, is that going to be one of the tougher tests this year? Yes, no doubt about it. They're good, but and so like Ben Barsh was the least of my concerns. You want to take? Yeah, concern? I wouldn't say that. I didn't think he played that well. Okay, but 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 Pete, you know you're gonna have to help Ben Barch against Jonathan Allen and and uh, Deron and uh, Payne. And Payne, by the way, is playing for a contract. So yeah, I mean, he's... You, I mean, you know that, but right. Like you, I, my expectation is that Cam Robinson's gonna lock down the left side, and I thought yeah, he, Mont- he didn't play that well. You you had him as a top ten tackle last week. I I I'm a believer. That's why I said. That's why. And you know it's it's tough when. In the biggest moment of the game, your right tackle can't go out there because of cramps. Yeah, cramps is what uh, Doug Peterson confirmed it today. Yes, and he actually he actually played okay. I thought I he played. I I was going to say the same thing. I thought he. Actually, I thought he was the best one. I thought he actually played better than than um, Cam. Don't you think he was the best one? I thought he played good. I thought Luke Fortner is going to be a very good player. He played too high at times. I think he got welcomed like oh. This is what the NFL is all about. These are real dudes. Like they're good. Yeah, yeah. You got to finish. He didn't finish some of those. No, but I mean that. But but to like to Doug's point, that doesn't concern me. Brandon Sheriff doesn't concern me. I think it was his best game, though. Didn't concern me. But I mean, overall, that unit has to be better. You got to protect when it matters. I mean, when it mattered at the end. Your quarterback was running for his life. Mm-hmm. And what really bothered me at the end, and everyone, I mean, Pete just said it. I mean, I have Cam as one of the I, – I still i am going to stand by it too. I'm not changing. End of the year, he will be a top 10 tackle. Not, I'm not moving off that. But at the end of the game, and you and like I liked what Doug did and Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, because they knew that – like. Montrez uh, Sweat was in a groove. He was he was playing good, and so let's help our guys. And so you go look at the end of the game, watching the film. Cam should have known that he had help outside on the last play where the interception came. He had help outside by Travis Etienne to do a, a, a chip. Well, then you set heavy inside, knowing Sweat has nowhere to go. Well, he oversets and he gets beat inside. Like you can't get beat inside on that play. Because you know you have ETN. That's not the play I'm talking about. Right. That's another uh, one. Where you're talking about <laughs> the one where you flushed out and threw the interception. Yeah, the, yes. the, the very end of the game. Yeah, the very He knows he play. has help inside. And so you have to go do it. And uh, and you guys set that way. And I just, I just expect – I expect a lot more from Cam. That's all. I'm not saying, like, was Cam awful? No, I'm not saying that. That's my point. But, like, if you want to be a top 10 tackle, I, I may, I, I'm, I'm saying you're top 10. He's got, and and I, I just think he was harassed too much. I think he got hit too many times. You know, I, I read I read where somebody tweeted out that uh, one of those guys that does the film stuff tweeted out said they were getting killed by stunts on the right side, on the left side of the line. I, didn't, I just think they were getting beat. I think the stunts a little bit, too. Yeah, both, but it wasn't like they were doing it every play. I and mean, there no, were times no, we just lined no. up head up on him and I beat him. I agree with that. Hmm. Hey, no, here's but, how but, the PFF graded him. Tell me if you agree. 
Pro Ready? football focus. Here we go. Here we, Here we go. go. Number one offensive lineman, Jawan Taylor. I thought he played the best. I'm just, I, I, and I guess you can't control cramps. I don't understand. Like I, I never. Ha- I mean, I had like maybe very minor cramps in the game. I guess I, I get more cramps now that I'm older when I'm sleeping. But like, that's a big moment. I just, and I'm not. I mean, he got cramps. I guess you can't. There's nothing you can do. You can't move. I mean, guys have them. I've just never had them, and I'm sitting there going. You played so good. We need you out there now. I mean that that had to be frustrating for everybody. Yeah, I bet. Juwan, I remember one. The- t- yes, it has to. It's brutal if it's cramped. Because I remember one time, Tony, you guys had a player that cr- his whole body cramped up oh. in the locker room. After oh, it's a game. real. Like it's real. Like if anyone's had like a hamstring cramp before, you can't move. It's very painful. No. I- do you remember that though? The player in the locker room after yes. the game, he, his whole body cramped up. He was screaming like he got shot. Yes, I remember. Wow. And so, I just hate it for Juwan, and I hate it for the team, and I can't imagine how frustrated everyone is. And you're putting poor Walker Little out there, who sits Cold. on the sideline with a stiff back for the last three hours. Ooh. Oh, it's miserable. So, so here you go. Okay, so Cam Robinson, uh, number two. They gave him a great run block grade. Would you agree with that? Yeah, okay, I'm okay with that, yeah. Okay, number three. Ooh, you got to go way down. Sheriff. I would have probably put Sheriff ahead of Cam, but I always hold Cam. I mean, I hold Cam in high regard, mm-hmm. so I'm probably more I'm probably more critical than of Cam than is deservedly so at times, watching tape. Because I really, I mean, I think the dude is so talented. And I want him. And I and partly I just want to be right that he's a top ten quarterback. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. And then the last two offensive graded players as a whole were Barch and Fortner. Listen, they, I'm not going to like dive into the specific grades of PFF. The bottom line is is Trevor got harassed and hit to, and pressure too much. And Doug's right. I mean, they, they got two studs, and I think Sweat's a really good player. He is a good player. Imagine when they have Chase Young going, the four of them can Jack Del Rio can just roll four in and doesn't have to blitz. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of a um, problem to have. But I was a little bit – I mean, I guess – and I didn't hear how the question was asked. You know, if you're asking that coach, are you concerned? Uh, maybe I'm not concerned. Am I happy with the performance? No. I'm not concerned either. I, I mean, I think Phil Rauscher is a heck of a coach. I think they have talent. I think they're going to get better. But you can't. It sounded um, like, but it sounded like it was more of a question about Barch than anything. That was that because was you're the one the last week. Uh, people were talking about the kid from Green Bay maybe starting over there. Van Lannan. Van Lannan, yeah. I mean, I, if, I if, guess here's the thing. You can't let your quarterback get hit that much. Now, some of it's on him too. There was times that he could have got rid of it. Like there's yes. guys, there's guys open, so it's not all on the offensive line. It never is one thing. I just go at the end of the game, you have the ball, you have a chance to go win it, and you can't go pressure, pressure, pressure. Mm, and, and what really bothers me is from watching the tape, I think that Doug Peterson and Phil Roush or whoever called it, they designed it to have two chips on the outside of those tackles, and if you know that's happening, you set inside out. So you can't get beat inside. You just can't. And that's a mental issue. That's not a physical issue because you know where your help is set to your help. And that's what bothered me. 
And one of one of those hits came when he 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 booted out, and the uh, the nickel corner was coming yeah, on a blitz and just hit him. That, 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 I mean, it's no, almost you know like whose fault that is. You know whose fault that is, Pete? His Doug Peterson. Call it's better his. play into the corner. Doesn't he blitz. got a check out of that play. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the check say. rules. I just like blaming Doug because it was a bad call. Which, by the way, yeah. I thought he called the heck. I Pete, when's the last time do you remember? A Jaguar coach scheming up that many guys getting open. It's a, it was, and the route concepts were great. Yeah, I, 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 I was, can't, I, whatever they did, it was outstanding. I and thought they, they did a really good job. Except good. for when he called the the naked into the corner blitz. You got to know better than that, Doug. You can't <laughs> yeah, do that, that was, to your quarterback. I think that's on Trevor. I think Trevor has to identify that and get out of that play. Yeah, I don't know. I just like blaming the head coach. Well, uh, that uh, was Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And you kept it real by pointing a finger at the coach. Well, well done, just on Tony. the corner blitz. Way to go. And I, I kind of like that, though. Huh? It's good to see Tony point fingers once in a while. Well, the only thing I'd ask of the show in the future, I'd like to hear like what the question is before we hear like the response from Doug. Okay, that's I, my request. I'll just add. Okay, that to the list. I just imagine I asked a question in there. Hey, Doug, why did Barks play so poorly? Well, <laughs> I like. I'll say this: I love, I love that the head coach defends his guys. Sure, absolutely. I love that part. Because you know me, I wouldn't ask the question, as, are you concerned about the offensive line? i say, hey, are you concerned that Bart's played so poorly? Because <laughs> if, if I was a head coach, like if Pete asked that question, I would defend my guys. Now, I'd rip them behind the scenes probably. I mean, if yeah. he didn't play well, I'd let you know. But I think you defend your guys to the media. I want to defend somebody right now. You ready? Yeah. Because this guy took endless stream of crap the entire offseason from the whole league. And I, I said – when he was coming out in free agency, I said it time and again, Christian Kirk will be worth the money. And Christian Kirk is going to be worth the money. Christian Kirk is a damn good receiver. Yeah, he's a good football player. 12 targets, 6 catches, 117 yards. It's his third best day yardage-wise in his career. I think he had a couple misalignments. So. <laughs> well, a couple of those pre-snap. I think those two pre-snap penalties early. It was him. I think it was on him. Watching the uh, tape. I, I mean, boy. It's hard to. I mean, yeah, I, I'm always careful like to call guys out because maybe, maybe, maybe it was Manhurts who was supposed to be off the ball and he was on, but he was the one covering up Manhurts in the one penalty that, that got called back after the big run that Doug was talking about earlier, and then the two guys in motion, Zay Jones was in motion and he jumps up on the line of scrimmage late, hmm. and so I think they were both Kirk. But to Pete's point, he was outstanding. He's a good slot receiver. He has he has more speed than I realized, Pete, to get over the top. Yep. Um, yeah, that was his play, Like I said earlier, that should have been a touchdown down the middle. Yeah, a better. I think a better ball, a little inside. Um, I think yeah. you're right. And they had yeah. him on a they had him on an over route. I told you again early, later, and uh, and the ball got tipped at the line of scrimmage. He he was open. Yeah, back to your point, Tony. He he was open a lot too. He was open a lot, and I I give listen. I give everyone credit. I mean, in my comments about the offensive line. Is because I have I just think they're better. I actually think this should be a really good unit. I think Cam Robinson, I'm gonna say it again, and Pete laughed at me. I think he's gonna be a top ten tackle at the end of this year. I think he's that talented. Like a lot of this stuff is mental. Like know where your help is. That's all. Can can I tell you this? I talked to somebody in Washington today, and they were really impressed with that team. 
they think that team is building to something. I agree. I really do. Like, I listen, I hate that we lost. It's painful. It is so much better here than it's been for a while. I'm just telling you, Doug Peterson is a heck of a football coach. He has a good staff. These are good young players. They want to win. They work hard. Trevor Lawrence will be a franchise quarterback. He'll be good. The offensive line will get better. Phil Rauscher is a heck of a coach. Me being critical and not thinking they played good enough this game is because I think they are much better than what they show. They'll be better because the clown is gone. I think the pass rush will get it going. (laughs) And I'll tell you right now, if if James Robinson – why are you shaking your head? We're future-focused, Pete. Pete, That's why. And, Pete, if James Robinson stays healthy, that's a good offense now. If the line plays better. I think they will. I really do. I'm going to stand by them. It's a hard – listen – it's hard. Hard on the road against – that's – I mean, people forget. That's three first-rounders. Three, like, top first-rounders. Well, now you get Ngakwe and uh, Quiddy Pay and Buckner this week. That's right. I don't think Quiddy Pay is quite in the same category. No, I don't either. I don't either. But and I, and You think I, Jan's going to be fired up? Jan will week? be fired up, yeah. and Jan will play hard. I, by the way, Pete, I don't think – I don't think um, – Buckner's anywhere near as good as Allen or Payne. I don't think he's as good as Allen. He might. The no. pain you saw yesterday isn't the pain you see all the time, though. That guy's playing for a contract. Well, that's my point. This year, I don't think Buckner's as good as Payne or Allen. And Buckner didn't play as well last year, that's for sure. He Two years high. ago, he was better. Yeah, last year, he wasn't. He played high last year. I'm just telling you. The, like They will show up. They'll walk on the field Sunday in the bank ready to win the game, which I'm locking right now. Oh, my. Wow. He did game it. is locked. He did it. And they are going to play one heck of a game, and they're going to have – they're going to be like, oh, this is much easier. Because what they did last week was really hard on the road against a really good D-line. Now, they got to play better. they got to be smart. Do your job. They're going to be fine. They're going to win the game. You locked it. Locked it. You know, I like the sound of that lock. I really do. In fact, so much, it's a double lock this week. (laughs) History's been made, folks. I don't know if we – this is a rare occurrence. History. It's a double lock. I I think this is a bad situation for the Colts. History, bad stadium, um, the the travel to Houston back, and now you got to go back on the road for our teammate. It's it's just a bad, bad, bad – combination as nice. long as Doug doesn't back, call the naked into the uh, corner blitz will be fine <laughs> <laughs> well Gus doesn't blitz that much so I don't think yeah. you have to worry about it too much we'll uh, come back in a moment oh yeah Gus Bradley I don't even know if Gus, I don't even know if Gus has a corner blitz in the in the game plan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back in a moment um and hey the fanatics fan questions are next yay Tony's favorite he loves, loves talking to the people uh we got plenty of questions coming up And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like I was in, you know, good coverage, but, you know, this is the NFL. You know, got great quarterbacks. He put it right on the money, so... You know, it sucks, but, you know, I got to get over it, get ready for next week. 
That's Tyson Campbell after the game in Washington. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. It's hour number two of the program. That means, Pete, that Tony is on sleeve number two of peanut butter crackers. I love peanut butter crackers. Love it. Oh, we, we don't oh, have good, Pete. Pete. Oh, we this is the best, best segment ever. Oh, yo, I'm here. You, you can't go. hear me? Got you now. Shucks. Are they the ones with the sleeve? I mean, the the, the ones with the peanut butter or the we, ones with the... Yeah, we huh? had a whole segment of this a few weeks ago, and he was eating them on air. And I'm, I'm going to hold off eating right now. Oh, I see which ones he has. Hey, um, real quick before we go to fans, Tyson Campbell. Yep. It's such an interesting... I actually... Like, you feel for the... I feel for the kid. In the sense of... He played such a good game. Yeah, had a pick. Had a pick. Yeah. And all anyone wants to talk about is he had perfect coverage just as he reacted. He reacted a, a split second late. It was a perfect throw and great catch. Like, I, it, it reminds me of, like, like there's certain positions in the game of football. And the corner, playing man corner is one of them. I remember when I playing left tackle was another one. You're one-on-one the entire game. I mean, every offense is a little bit different, and every defense is a little bit different, but you're in those scenarios. Like, you can be perfect every play and then make a slight wrong move, and you're playing against a really good player, another professional guy getting paid, and you get beat on one play, and it just erases everything you did well in everyone's mind. I mean, everyone forgets of all the good things you did. And I wouldn't necessarily ping him for the co- – I mean, that that's good coverage. He's got to make a play on the ball. I'd rather see a guy like that in the area ready to make the play and in good coverage than a guy who gets torched down the sideline for 20. No, but you know what I know. You know what I mean, Pete? It's like – Oh, just- yeah, yeah. The left tackle could – he could play every play and give up a sack fumble on one play and dominate for, for 55 of them, and, and every, all anybody remembers is the one play. And it's the same as corner. Yeah. And then you get to, let me tell you the other extreme, oh, which is why I hated these guys. Can't wait. Defensive linemen could get their rear ends kicked for the entire game and go make one play, and everyone's like high-fiving them like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. What a joke. Yeah. Or a linebacker gets his, the guards out on him the entire game they're running, but he makes one splash interception play or something yeah. or a sack fumble, and everybody's the greatest in the world. Oh, he's the greatest player ever. I'm like, what? I used to, like, I, while getting ready for games, I'd be sitting there just, like, nervous and going through every assignment, technique, and who I had to play, and, like, just grinding. I'd look over and see logs and brackens and those guys, like, high-fiving each other, listening to music, talking. Like, they didn't even care. They had no worries. They realized they had to make one or two plays, and everyone think they were great. I feel for Tyson. I, I mean, I know what he's going through. Been there. <laughs> He's a heck of a player, though. I think – I mean, he is a good player. Uh, he is a good corner. It is. Darius Williams needs to pick it up, and uh, Shaq Griffin can't be left in man coverage a lot. Time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags year on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. All right, question number one. We uh, put out the cat signal earlier on Twitter. Here's the best we came up with today. At William Scott 904 maybe I'm in the minority. I don't believe the Jags played so bad. Untimely mistakes, overly aggressive coaching, take the points. 
and not taking what the defense gives. But should the poor rotation and gassing of defense be a concern, they fell off a cliff at the end of the third quarter. So what? Take the points? What are they yes, make it 14-6. Yeah, I, I, don't, of, I don't have any problem with that if they did that. Instead of going for it. Oh, oh, I like them yeah. going for it. Of course you did. <laughs> so the analytics say, Pete. You take the points there. Analytics, it wasn't fourth and an inch. Analytics say go for it. No, they don't. <laughs> I'm joking with you. I was well, actually was fourth and goal from the three, wasn't it? Uh, two or three. In all seriousness, I, w- I w- would have been fine with either either scenario. Going for it, I was good with. And kicking the field goal, I would have been fine with that too. Like, I was fine either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm being I'm honest. A, I, I, we were actually watching the game, and I had to go down to our studio. And by the time I got downstairs and the games were on there, I go, what happened? And they went for it. And I went, why didn't he kick his field goal? He should have kicked. You make it 14-6. Okay, Pete, I'm not against it. I'm just saying I don't I, – I, I'm not going to well, kill well, Doug. Doug I'll, was clearly against it because he went for it. Was it fourth and goal from the three? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Kicked the field goal. I would have gone either way. Okay, next question. Next question uh, from at Sean3253. Do you believe that because these JAG teams are always under high turnover, it's hard for them to truly comprehend the level of frustration fans have for losing – because the whole team hasn't been losing for the years the Jags fan base has. Uh, no. Nor I do they care. They care a lot. No, they care about winning and losing. They don't care about the fan base agonizing for 15 years. No, but they care about winning and losing. I, that's not what I said, Tony. I'm saying this. he's talking about the fans agonizing for 15 years. Guys who, who were 11 when the Jaguars were losing and now they're part of the team, they don't care about those days. I, but I guess my point is this. When I was a player, I never thought it in terms of do I did I care or not care about how the fans felt. I was pissed if we lost. And I was happy if we won. And I was really happy if we won and I played well. I was moderately happy if we won and I played and didn't play great. And I was pissed no matter what if we lost. And so I never, I don't think players think about it in the context of fans. Are the fans happy or sad? I think they think about it in the context of like, this is, I get paid to do a job. And when I don't execute, it really makes me upset, especially if you're a competitor. I mean, think of like if you're a fan, like if you, like all of us play, have played, not all of us, a lot of us played high school sports or call maybe small college or big college, or maybe you just like recreationally go play golf or tennis or pickleball or whatever. Like when you lose, you're not thinking about anything else, but the fact that you lost, you don't care what anyone else thinks about the game. You think like we lost, or if you win, you don't care. You're just happy you won. So I don't yeah, but think- players don't care about history either. They just don't. And when you came to Jacksonville, there was no history, so you didn't have to worry about it. No, I, no, that's right. But Pete, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm not saying. And by the way, I feel for the fans now more than I did when I was a player. Yeah, the fan, the fan. You understand the plight of the fans. I do. But when you're playing 100%. the game, you're you're not. It, it factors you not one iota. Yeah, you're selfish. It's all about you want to win, and it's painful when you don't. Next question, at Duval underscore Gator. Uh, well, at least we got the first pick correct this year. One interception and a sack. What a start. Trayvon was everywhere trying to affect the game. Should they send the defensive rookie of the year trophy now? No. Let's, t- let's take a deep breath, Duval Gator. Deep breath. Like, let's not, like, let's not put him 
you know, as defensive player of the year or anything else. It was one game, and he is a super talented dude. It was an amazing pick. He beat an average right tackle. I did not see him consistently disrupt the game from his position, like consistently. Like Montez Sweat probably, you know, disrupted the game more and didn't have a sack or an interception. Now, did Trayvon Walker have a like, huge, impactful, game-changing type of play? 100%. Do I think he's going to be a rock star in this league? Absolutely. But one thing we can't do, because we do this in this town, and maybe it happens to other towns, I can't speak to it because I live here. We want to anoint people after like one or two games as like the greatest thing ever. Like, and don't make me go through the history of what we've done here. All <laughs> right. Uh, it is overreaction Monday, though. It is. And so I like that the fans want to put him there, but let's just let this thing play out. And I think he's going to be outstanding. And I hope he's defensive player of the year because that means he was really dang good. And we have a really good player on our hands, and I think that's what we do have. Uh, I will tell you this, just for um, some people out there who wanted Aiden Hutchinson, he was the lowest rated pass rusher on the Lions roster. Did I see he got shut out like zero stats for the game? He got one hurry. Wow. Wow. No tackles. Nothing. That's it. One hurry. Did he start? Yeah. He played 30. I'll tell you how many plays he played. He played uh he played 67 plays. 67? That's a lot. Yep. That's a lot. 38 pass rushes, one hurry. My favorite was when I played a guy and you'd shut him out and they wouldn't even show up on the stat line. Yeah, he that got was, nothing. That was my favorite. Like, where did where would I, did he not play? Did he suit oh, up? He played. Oh, he played. <laughs> did he suit up? Because they never used to put this – back in the day, they didn't put this the, the, the amount of plays you played on the stat no, sheet. Just, if you, had, just, if you, had you weren't tagger, in the book. Like, you weren't all. even there. You didn't even exist. <laughs> like, you, you were wiped off the play, face of the – off the you planet of the man. Earth. Hey, let's get uh, one more question in. At Carnival Thomas, which is better, Coach Prisco and GM Baselli or Coach Baselli and GM Prisco? Like, I, I, I would have to be honest with you. I think it'd be better if I was Coach and GM. No. no. Pete was just Coach in the Baselli media asking and GM me questions. Prisco is better than Coach Prisco and GM Baselli. Say that again. I interrupted you. What did you say, Pete? <laughs> Coach Baselli and GM Prisco is better than Coach Prisco and GM Baselli. I agree with that, but I think the best is no GM Baselli, Coach Baselli, Czar, Czar. Because if you were the GM, you'd call me for intern. Anyway. Be owner too. <laughs> That's a new title, actually. <laughs> right? If the he wasn't GM, he'd be calling me for input, anyways. I would never call you. I'd be like, Pete, shut up. Um, <laughs> so. No, but go back to your point a second ago, because that, that was a funny question. But the Aiden Hudson, Pete, where were you? Because I was never – like, my debate for me during the draft was never Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker. It was always Trayvon Walker or one of the offensive tackles. Yes, me too. And it would have been Evan Neal. And, by the way, Iki Aquanu struggled in a big way in his debut. He was awful. Where did he end up? I can't remember. Carolina. That's right. He was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's working against Miles Garrett, but in some of those Still. situations. That's but. a that's a tough uh, first. Yeah, welcome match. to the NFL. And yeah. uh, who did Evan Neal? Where did Evan Neal go? I can't remember that either. Giants playing right tackle for the Giants. How did he play? Uh, I think he did okay. I'll look and see. But I, I think from just watching the TV part of it, I thought he was okay, not great. 
the other tackle was really good for the Giants on Sunday. Uh, Thomas, Andrew Thomas? Yeah, really good, at least from what I could see. Let me see how his pass protection did. Got to uh, hurry. Pass blocking. Ready? Yeah. Uh, Thomas was outstanding, and Evan Neal was adequate. Okay. Let's come back. We'll go around the rest of the great. I'm glad we got that in. Uh, we'll go around the National Football League. When we come back, people were waiting with bated breath for that answer. Well, because you're going to pick one of them. That's why. It's interesting. It is interesting. I'm going to have a cracker piece. I'm interested. Uh, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville sports fans. 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli. Yes. Pete Prisco is also here. <laughs> That's me. Afterthought. <laughs> Hall of Famer. That's me. <laughs> it took you 20 damn years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, let's go around... <laughs> The National Football League and hit some of these games from yesterday. We'll hear some of the sound from some tight games. Saints over the Falcons, 27-26. They had to block a 63-yard field goal attempt to hold on for the win. Browns over the Panthers, 26-24. The Browns had a 58-yard field goal with eight seconds remaining. Then to the slop of Soldier Field, the final score of the day to put it away in the sloppiest of conditions. They have a new field, but they might need a new one after this one. Jeff Joniak on WBBM News Radio 105.9 FM in Chicago. Snap to Fields, handing off Herbert. Blockers up front. Three directs left into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Khalil Herbert, 19 10. Good guys. That was the final score 19 10, Bears. That <laughs> looked ugly. I didn't it see was it. Gross. It was gross. The whole game was gross. And I, Trey Lance was bad, by the way. I'm telling you. There has to be some, I don't care how bad the weather was. There has to be concern about him. Would you, would you move to Jimmy G right now? No, but give me a couple more games like that and I might. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Would, so if, let me ask you a question, Pete. If you were... Lynch and Shanahan and the Cowboys called you this morning. Mm. Would you trade Jimmy G? Woo. Well, I heard they wanted to get rid of Jimmy G because they don't want the the uh, distraction. And once the things start going bad, you're going to have guys in that locker room say, hey, we should play Jimmy G. Right. So would you trade so would him right I, now? Would I trade him? Yeah. What do you get? At this time of the year, desperate team, you should be able to get a good something good for him. Right. Second rounder. Yeah. Would you do it if you were if you were the Niners? I think that I think the Niners can win a Super Bowl or contend for a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I don't think they can with Trey Lance. I tend to agree with you. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't. I, I don't think I would either. Let's move along. Steelers Bengals. This game went to overtime. Wild back and forth. A mixed extra point at the end of regulation would have won it for Cincinnati. They missed it. Missed field goals blocked. for both sides. Yeah, it was blocked. Uh, missed field goals for both teams in overtime. And then the final snap of overtime, the Steelers salvaged one. Bill Hillgrove on the call, 102.5 WDVE in the Steelers radio network. Boz missed from 55, doinking the left upright. Can he put the Steelers ahead in overtime and win this thing? Straight away kick. 
Good snap down. Kick is on its way. That kick is long enough. High enough. And it is it's good. good. The kick is Hi. good. The Steelers survive in Cincinnati. How it happened, it'll take you an hour, me an hour to tell you. Get Zooks. And a double get Zooks on that one. Uh, yeah, well, I think they're excited in the Pittsburgh broadcast booth. Wild game, Pete. It was crazy. The Bengals looked awful for most of that game, and then they had a chance to win it. Actually scored a touchdown on the possession before, and were concerned that his feet weren't in and didn't allow the replay to look at it. They rushed to the line, got stuffed, and then got no points on the drive and had to get that miracle touchdown at the end and missed the extra point. It was cra- That was a crazy game. But the worst part of that for the Steelers, the running back got hurt, Harris, and T.J. Watt could be lost for a long time. with it. When, he, when it happened... He looked up, and you could read his lips on the TV, and he said, I tore my pec muscle. Yeah, not good. I mean, TJ, I mean, you win the game, but you lost your best player in TJ Watt. I'm not sure how good the Steelers are going to be this year without Mm. TJ Watt. Right. Uh, Eagles over the Lions, 38-35. The Dolphins knocked off the Patriots, 20-7. Ravens looking good. 24-9 24-9 over the Jets. Chiefs blasted the Cardinals 44-21. And the Chargers uh, had three touchdown passes from your guy, Pete, Justin Herbert. And they got a win over the Raiders 24-19. Pete, what's going on with, before you get to Herbert, we kind of glossed over it. What's going on in New England with Belichick and Patricia and Judge on the offense? I mean, they, they look so bad they have no well they haven't they're another team that has nobody who scares you down the field nobody yeah, yeah. and so you play them you know you play them with a, a shield up at 15 yards you don't have to worry about anybody and mac jones hasn't played well i mean i know he's a jacksonville kid i hope he does well but let's be real in the last six seven games of the season last year he won very good and he won very good on sunday so he and they have to go to pittsburgh this week uh with or without tj watt that's still a tough game on the road they got to show up in that game back-to-back road games for them too Bucks over the Cowboys last night, 19-3. And the Vikings over the Packers. Jordan Jefferson with a monster day, 184 yards. And this is second touchdown of the game. Paul Allen on the KFAN, Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. Play action, Kirk back to pass. He'll throw right. Look at that. Jefferson uncovered, 20-15-10. Dances to the right to the five. Dives for the end zone. Touchdown! And J.J. And they uh, went on to a a big win, 23-7 over the Packers. There you have it. Our look around the National Football League. Time now for Monday Night Football. It's Russell's return. Russell Wilson plays his first game with his new team against his old team. The Denver Broncos head to the Pacific Northwest for a noisy night against the Seattle Seahawks, who will start Geno Smith at quarterback. Who you got tonight? Who do I have? Yes, I got you. the Broncos. I think the Seahawks are terrible. But I think they hang around in the game. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I just I, I just can't have Russell Wilson have a very big day because I'm playing my 13-year-old <laughs> daughter in fantasy football. We have a fantasy football league, the Baselli League. That's pretty competitive. And it's me against my 13-year-old, and I have a 31-point lead. And only Russell Wilson to play. It's a PPR league. I don't know what that exactly means, 
It means but a point per reception. That's what it means. Okay. Um, so I don't know how the scoring works. I just know he can't get more than 31 points. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. It's highly unlikely he's going to get more than 31 points. So I think you're in good shape. Um, and by the way, if your 13-year-old daughter has beaten you in fantasy football, you should never, ever be considered for general manager in the NFL. <laughs> she has a good team. <laughs> the only reason it's not closer is because she started Cam Akers, and who didn't get a touch. But no. she is. How about her receivers? Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup. Well, she should have another one. Usually you have three. Well, I don't know who the other one is. I think we're okay. You want to know? This is big. This is important stuff. I think we're good. I, I, think, I think. I think the fans want to know. Thanks, Tony. The big matchup. It's great. Well, um, I want to know is who his, who Tony's first pick was. Oh, at, she has Adam Thielen, Darren Waller, <laughs> Buffalo defense. That's pretty good, right there. <sighs> hey, James Conner of Arizona, another good it, pick. We've made it through another program. <laughs> Pete, I want to know week. who his first pick was. That's all I want to know. My first pick was Hurry. Hurry. Saquon Barkley. Wow. Thanks to our entire crew, Joe Fortunato, David points. Cho, Brent Reber, William Pease, Kate Waski, the whole crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. See you next week.